This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Monday, October the 11th. Coming up, we're going to have news on Kent's teachers being recognised for their work during the pandemic. And events are underway to mark Baby Loss Awareness Week. But first, tributes are being paid after four men died in a crash in Headcorn. The vehicle they were in hit a tree on Lenham Road in the early hours of yesterday. It's understood the group, who were aged between 18 and 44, had been travelling to watch the heavyweight boxing clash between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder on TV. A 15-year-old boy, who was also a passenger in the Toyota Hilux, is in hospital with life-threatening head injuries. Our reporter John Nerden has been at the scene of the crash today. It is a fairly busy country road. Uh, And on the side of the verge, there are ten floral tributes laid in the grass, along with three beer bottles, all of which have candles in. And it appears that the candles have been lit uh, probably last night as as a special tribute to the four men who died in this crash. Uh, There is a 15-year-old boy, still very seriously hurt, uh, and in a London hospital, fighting for his life with serious head injuries. During the time I've been here, there's been a stream of relatives and friends turning up, parking along the road, leaving tributes and and just stunned at how this one event has completely ruined an entire family. The men are all believed to be from the Cash family who live in nearby Martins Gardens. Local MP Helen Grant has said in a statement, News of this crash is horrendous and shocking. My deepest sympathies are with the families and loved ones of the young men who lost their lives. This is just so unbelievably sad. I know people in Headcorn will be deeply shocked by what has happened. Thank you to the emergency services and everyone involved in responding. Elsewhere, two people have been taken to a London hospital following a crash on the M25 in There have been long delays for drivers on the clockwise carriageway at Junction 5 after the single vehicle collision in the early hours of this morning. The slip road onto the A21 towards Tunbridge was closed for investigation work for several hours. Kent Online News. New figures seen by the Kent Online podcast show there have been hundreds of allegations of sexual misconduct made against serving police officers across the UK. At least 750 have been recorded over the past four years, including including 23 here in Kent. That number includes historical allegations and most were against male officers. It comes as an inquiry will look into how Sarah Everard's killer, Wayne Cousins from Deal, remained in his role despite previous accusations. Sir Mark Rowley is a former Met Police Assistant Commissioner. There is a cultural issue in some corners of policing. Um, most of policing is not behaving badly, is not misogynistic, but there is a cultural issue in some corners of policing which 
police leaders are going to have to work harder at rooting out. Well, Kent Police have released a statement. They say Kent Police officers and staff are held to very high standards of professional conduct. And we do not hesitate to take action when someone's behaviour falls short of what is expected of them. Allegations of a sexual nature, including rape, other sexual assaults and the harassment of colleagues or members of the public are rare, but among the most serious we deal with. The Professional Standards Department carries out full and thorough investigations into such matters and during these investigations every effort is made to support the complainant and obtain the highest quality evidence. You can read that statement in full by going to our story at Kent Online. The government's confirmed 1,115 asylum seekers have crossed the channel in small boats in just two days. Border Force officers dealt with 40 separate incidents on Friday and Saturday. Since the start of this year, more than 17,000 people have risked their lives making the dangerous journey to the UK. That's double the number for the whole of 2020. The Home Office say they're working to tackle the issue. Meantime, the government insists £54 million promised to France to help stop asylum seekers crossing the channel will be paid in the coming weeks. Home Office Minister Damien Hines says the delay was down to an administrative process. The head teacher of a school which suffered the death of its executive head just days before the country was put into the first national COVID lockdown has been honoured for leading the staff and pupils during the most difficult time. Darren Webb from the Coppice Primary Partnership, which runs Lose Primary, passed away in March last year after suffering a heart attack. He was just 45. Days later, many children had to start learning from home. Sarah Holman has been named Head Teacher of the Year at the Kent Teacher of the Year Awards. I spoke to her following the ceremony. For Luz, it's been you know, particularly challenging with the loss of our executive um, head, but his legacy lives on in all that we're, we're doing. Um, you know, and, and making that difference for the children. And that happened just before lockdown, didn't it? So it was a huge time for you as a school. You had to support all those children and then they were all at home and you couldn't see them. I mean, how difficult was that at that particular moment in time? It was very hard. I mean, we we did, um, you know, as all schools did, communicated with children and offered home learning um, to them. But we also, um, you know, really managed to have a huge amount of children in school. A lot of our parents are key workers. So actually we had a few hundred children that, you know, we still managed to see on a daily basis, which you know, was beneficial for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. But you guys were still dealing with a huge amount, weren't you? When you had to go through that whole transition for teachers of suddenly teaching, well, as you say, some were coming in, but doing some remote learning as well. What sort of pressure do you think that put on the entire staff and how did you stay so strong? I think we just looked out for one another. You know, it, it really was a time, um, I think, you know, globally for people to just reflect, to think about what was important, you know, supporting one another, um, you know, and being, being there for each other. So that, you know, really just pulled us all together. And what's it been like since September? You've had all the children back after such a disruptive year. It must be lovely to welcome them through the gates in September, hoping, with fingers crossed, that you will never have to do all of that again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the children make schools. Wherever, whatever school you're in, you know, the, the children are, are what we're there for, what we do the job for. Um, you know, and yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been great. You know, they are positive. They're so resilient. And, you know, 
just doing amazingly well. And as a community, you kind of all came together during a very difficult time. Do you think it's brought the community closer together? Yes, yeah, I do. And and I think, you know, we'll always remember, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, very fond memories, um, you know, of of how important it is to um, take each day for what it is, you know, live for today, um, dream big. That's one of our, you know, um, things that we, you know, really want for our children and, you know, the, the the world is, you know, there for you. The awards were held in person for the first time since the pandemic. A special award was presented to the Invicta National Academy, which was set up to help children learn from home during the crisis. Seven Oaks councillor Anna Firth came up with the idea and told me about their future plans. The event has been so inspiring. It's given us such a lift and we've really taken away just how much care for the families, for the children, for each other that that teachers across Kent have been doing. It's been a phenomenal contribution in one of the hardest years, you know, ever. And we just feel inspired to try and do more for the children. I think everyone as a parent suddenly realised quite how much teachers do when they suddenly had to do it themselves at home and trying to get a child up in the morning and learning is one of the most challenging things. And... You were set on making sure that children didn't lose out. How has that kind of changed you as a person, maybe, over the past 18 months because of that work that you've done? It's given me just the most enormous respect for the teaching profession. I already had a lot of respect anyway because I'm the daughter of a teacher and so I saw my own mum helping families and children. Um, but what we, what we saw happening in front of our eyes was just huge inequality. We saw some children getting wall-to-wall live lessons and real, real care from schools and other schools that were just struggling. It wasn't that they didn't care for the children, they were just really struggling with the technology and everything that was required of them. And that's why we, we all came together and it was a really, really talented uh, group of people that just happened to all come together and build the Invicta National Academy in about three weeks. And what, I mean, I mean we've learned so much from doing it. I think what... The, the most important thing we've learned is that never ever write off any child or any family because actually when you reach out to families in the, in the right way, they really want to help their kids and they really want the kids to catch up and that's why we're still here. Yeah, I was going to say, September, you might have thought, right, all the children have gone back now, we don't need to do this anymore, but you're not, you're carrying on. Yeah, we, that's exactly what we did think, but because of the demand, because of the, the wonderful emails that we got sent by families saying, oh, you've been such a lifeline because both me and my husband are working, we haven't been able to help the children, but just knowing that Invicta is there every day with live lessons has just brought that structure into the home and we'd like you to carry on. So we have, and this summer we had 65% more lessons booked than last summer. So there is a real demand to help kids catch up from parents and children themselves. We've got details of all of the winners in the story at Kent Online. Just head to the education pages. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street, Maidstone. A man's been arrested after almost a quarter of a tonne of cocaine was found on a coach at Dover. The drugs, which would have been worth almost £20 million, were discovered last year. A 45-year-old has been detained at an airport in Glasgow after flying back from Spain. Two others have already been jailed for their involvement. Meantime, police have discovered a drugs farm in Ramsgate after following a trail of cannabis leaves. Officers were called to Thunnet Road after people were spotted acting suspiciously in the area. They found more
more than 200 plants and growing equipment spread over three floors of a property. An investigation is underway, but so far no one's been arrested. Two beach huts have been destroyed and a third damaged during an arson attack near Whitstable. Police and firefighters were called to Marine Crescent in Tankerton in the early hours of this morning. A teenager says she's terrified to go back to college after allegedly being attacked by another student. Police are investigating after it reportedly happened just outside of Mid-Kent College in Maidstone last month. The college say they can't take further action until the police finish their investigation. More than 400 umbrellas have been suspended from the ceiling of a church in Raynham as part of events to mark Baby Loss Awareness Week. The pink and blue umbrellas symbolise just a fraction of the number of pregnancies in Medway alone that don't reach full term. Many have been dedicated to a baby who was lost. Kenny Wells is from Making Miracles, the charity behind the idea for the display. It brings communities together and especially the baby loss community. It also raises awareness, obviously, that one in four pregnancies end in loss, which a lot of people don't realise. It's not obviously a nice thing to talk about, but by doing events like this, we're trying to do something positive, um, you know, not not depressing as such as what some people associate baby loss with, to bring the communities together and to raise awareness. An event like this, when there is so much focus on it, you say it, it is a really difficult thing to talk about. But do you think yeah. it gives some families an outlet to express how they're feeling? Oh, definitely. I mean, we're going to be here at Raynham Church every day of Baby Loss Awareness Week, um, just so people know we're here and can come along and get that support, whether they lost a baby last month or 30 years ago. You know, it is it is something that you don't get over it's something you can carry with you through life and we want to make sure that our local community knows that we are here what we can offer what services we can provide and also for the church to be you know it is a center of our community um to be a place that they can go and and find some um, support really absolutely and i suppose it doesn't really matter what the building is i mean the fact this is a religious building it doesn't really make any difference if no. someone wants to talk to someone then it's just a place to go yeah. to isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, we aren't affiliated with any kind of religion as a charity. We're open to all faiths um, and people who aren't of faith. This isn't about religion. This is about supporting our community. And that's what's so important to the vicar here. You mentioned there, obviously, for some people, they've carried this feeling and the, and the sadness for a very long time. But for some, they might not really have spoken about it before. I mean, have you noticed mm. that people have come to you because they've wanted to finally kind of open up and explain how it's affected them? Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, we've had people, uh, you know, age 70 plus come up to our baby memorial garden. That's where we host our wave of light every year and actually come up just to be somewhere special and associated with with baby loss because you know all those years ago it was dealt with very differently it wasn't an open subject it was very much taboo and they want to obviously be able to speak out now that it is okay to do so and what we're trying to do is normalize this you know we don't want it to be taboo we want it to be something that's out there and that's what the, the awareness week is all about and as you said earlier it's grown a lot um, over the last few years a lot more charities and community groups are getting involved now um, you'll be seeing buildings lit up in pink and blue you know like ours with the umbrellas uh, people wearing the pin, people having the wave of light, whether they do that from home or go along to a, you know, um, a special place like our baby garden or the church, because the church will be opening this year for the first time for that. 
Um, so really, it's just about the awareness and just getting it spoken about. Nathan Ward is vicar of St Margaret's Church in Raynham, where the umbrellas are on show. As a church, uh, historically, we've celebrated the birth um, and given thanks for the safe delivery of children, but stayed silent when it comes to those hundreds that sadly die. And that's why we wanted to do this as a sign of standing by those in the community uh, to say, actually, we acknowledge the pain and we want to journey with you along with making miracles in supporting you in any way that we can. So that's why we're getting involved this year. It's interesting you say that because, you know, people obviously go along and attend christenings. It's a it's a joyful event, but that's an awful lot of people who, you know, experience something very, very sad and perhaps don't always know who they can turn to. No, that's it. I think, I mean, my wife and myself experienced the loss of a baby a few years ago and it's absolutely heart-wrenching and you don't know where to turn. And we was reduced just to sending a Christmas card to them in the post. I don't know what the post office made of it, but um, well, actually, I think it's important, especially men, uh, to come together and acknowledge kind of the emotions which are going to be different from the mother and stuff like that. Um, And that's why we want to provide as many opportunities as possible for people to come together, to share their experiences and support each other in this largely unspoken grief. Yeah, I mean, it's good of you to talk about that, Nathan, because you must have found that very, very hard. I know there's been situations I've been through and you kind of, Mm. you you challenge your previous thoughts, (laughs) don't you, maybe, and your beliefs. absolutely. There are some people that uh, find their faith a great strength in these sorts of times, um, uh, I felt God was not present and felt completely abandoned. And I think it's important that we're just honest about that. Um, and I think I understand why people might lose faith as they go through these circumstances, especially when faith institutions stay silent around the matter. Um, and that's partly what we want to do is just be real at St. Margaret's and acknowledge all of the different emotions that our community um, go through within the year and be part of that with them and provide opportunities and spaces for people to reflect on them too. A concert featuring Jamie Johnson from The Voice is taking place at the church on Wednesday night. Details are on the Making Miracles website and Baby Loss Awareness Week will end with a wave of light which will see buildings lit pink and blue on Friday evening. Kent Online reports. Two new businesses are opening at Dockside Outlet Centre in Chatham. A Thai restaurant has just started serving customers with a perfume shop due to launch on Friday. It comes as a bit of a boost after other chains, including the Cadbury Shop and Pound Stretcher, said they were leaving the site. And next door to the shops, a new bowling alley is going to be built in a former tourist attraction dedicated to Charles Dickens. Bosses have given permission for the old Dickens World venue at Chatham Dockside, which closed in 2016, to be converted. Joining the bowling lanes will be a KFC, Costa and Casper's Desserts outlets after approval was given for new signage. And a small village near Maidstone has the highest life expectancy in England. It's 95 for women in Detling, which is 12 years longer than the national average. Experts say it could be down to low levels of deprivation. Kent Online Sport. Cricket and Kent Zach Crawley has been named in the England squad for the upcoming Ashes series. The 23-year-old will be part of a team of 17 heading to Australia this winter. It'll be his first time playing in an Ashes tour. And in football, it was another defeat for Gillingham at the weekend. They were beaten 2-0 at Wickham Wanderers. It leaves the Jills just two points above the League One relegation zone. Here's manager Steve Evans. Well, I think over the piece, we're, we're not the same level as Wickham. Um, what you can't do is come to 
boys that have played a lot of championship football last season and I did too wisely by Gareth and gave away two poor goals in the first eight, nine minutes of the game. The first one's poor, you know, fortunately in the header. Bobby's cut up the pitch. Um, Jack comes across, it's too easy, it's poor defending. Um, so we find ourselves a goal down and then minutes later, um, they move the ball across the pitch. I think defensively we're far too deep and it comes in and it's a it's a bit of stromash in it and it and it falls and the boy puts it in the net. What you would say is when you're 2 0 down and looking like going 3 0 down, which we changed the shape, we changed the system. I think that worked for us. Um, I think Danny Lloyd has a good chance, McDonald has a good chance. Um, we don't have a better chance in the penalty. Um, and then when you miss all three of them, you start to wonder what the day is going to unfold for you. So I think second half, we'd, I'm not questioning the lads' effort, but we had a, a lack of quality, quality in a lot of key areas. Not only probably first 15, 20, I think we were good up to half time. I think second half, we started at break from memory. I think then uh, we can do what they do. They ground themselves into the game and they played percentages in the areas very effective. And um, yeah, we're... You know, we've got no complaints about today's result for sure. Their intensity is very high from the off and they've punished other teams in this league very quickly as they've done to us today. Um, and when chances come for us to to go back in the game, and then we've not taken them today. I think it, I think at any stage today, I think if you're 2-0 up so early in the game, and we've been there many times last season, I think if a team scores against you and it suddenly goes 2-1 into the interval or 2-1 in the second half, I think you think about we were 2-0 up and this game should have been secure. We didn't give ourselves that opportunity today. I think if it becomes 2-1, it's it's a different game because we were really commanding. And that was our best spell for sure. And we were um, you know, we were going toe-to-toe with them at that stage and, and had, without doubt, the better chance. And Gillingham welcome fourth place Sunderland to Priestfield this Saturday. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. BlueButterfly.co.uk